2: Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemahimuli Jr. Joining me as always is the other host, the local lovable Canuck himself,
3: Zach Hicken. What's up? We're back. It's We're a short back. week. We didn't want to stay until like two in the morning on yeah. Sunday night. Short week, but also sports
2: are pretty much winding down. I mean, High school sports are over till August. Um, NBA playoffs are, or the NBA finals are going on right now, but um, pretty soon we're going to hit a lull where there will be no sports, but it'll be great because we can catch up on all our TV and movies that we have, yes. been, have been slacking. Zach, we are joined today by one of the most dreamy sports anchors <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh... Our new sports beat anchor, Sam
1: Farnsworth. Is there an applause? No, no. Where's the applause? There, there's only kidding. three of us in here. <laughs> we're not doing this in front of all the audience. introduction. <laughs> I am flattered. My face is red. I'm blushing. He is.
3: It's very true. <laughs>
1: but uh, I appreciate that. And and you talked. You know. Yeah, we're we're in a dead period. I thought of recruiting when you said that sports wise. Yeah. So yeah. So that's why I'm here, I guess. Right? Because.
3: Well, I mean, we couldn't get Donovan Mitchell is why. (laughs) Rudy Gobert just got invited to some kid's birthday party, (laughs) so he's tied up for a little bit. But uh, no, we're actually happy to have you. Um, We wanted to bring you on a couple weeks ago, but got a little distracted by this whole Game of Thrones thing, and you're not really into it, so... Kind of had to push it back a little bit, but my, we my, finally have you on.
2: Dude, my favorite comment was after we like watched an episode and Sam was just there. <laughs> yeah. And he was like,
3: this show's kind of boring. Yeah. Huh? It, was, <laughs> it was the finale. And He's and like, I did. oh, well, right. so now that I know how this ends, I'm not really like too inclined to watch it. Like, I,
1: I, did, I did ask. I, I wanted to make sure. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I uh, obviously I've only watched one episode and it happens to be this last one, but... Right. It was kind of boring. <laughs> I'm assuming this didn't reflect the, the whole series, but maybe the last yeah. season a little. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I've, but I'll be honest with you. Watching that last episode and then listening to your guys' podcast the next day, I enjoyed it. because oh, that's good. Because at least I watched the episode. Yeah. So.
2: Well,
3: what? thank you for not saying, like, this sucked.
2: Yeah. You guys are yeah.
1: losers.
3: Well, <laughs> the podcast was worse. Uh, actually, you know... Sam's not a fan of the podcast. We had to like entice him. <laughs> so uh, that Texas Roadhouse gift card I have yeah, for you—I'll uh, make sure to give that to you afterwards. Yeah. Um, well, I've Sam,
1: already got a reservation.
2: Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yep. We're excited to have you. Um, why don't you just—I don't know—talk mm-hmm. a little bit about where you came from? You know, before this, mm-hmm. he's actually—you actually were here before. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just quick rundown of your journey
3: back to KSL.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's been quite the, the journey. I like that word journey. Um,
3: are you a fan of the band journey?
1: I was about to start singing, <laughs> okay, but sorry. you just ruined it. So, um, <laughs> don't stop. I'm just kidding. All right. That is journey, right? Yes, it is, okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it, no, uh, so my, my whole TV career, I mean, it, well, you know Jeremiah Jensen and myself. We were actually talking about this just a little while ago here in in uh in the newsroom, this the sports room, whatever. Uh, a little bit ago, just where we all began, where we got started, mm-hmm. which happened to be really at Utah Valley University once upon a time. But but all of that rolled over into an internship eventually here at KSL with the sports department. And after the internship ended, I wanted to keep doing this, mm-hmm. but you know cool. my badge no longer worked to get me in the door, <laughs> and. Um, and, you know, they were able to get me in once or twice more, but then they're like, look, if you want, want to keep coming, you're just going to have to get a job here. Yeah. So I got a job running studio cameras, and now it's all robotics. Oh, wow. So Interesting. the robotics is fun. Uh, they actually prompted that. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the change.
3: The, yeah, the change after you got hired yeah. there. They're like, ah, oh, we can't have this Sam guy messing up anymore.
1: <laughs> so anyway... Basically, that was, I did that, and then in between shows, I helped with sports, and I did it for four years here. And and they actually kind of created a sports position for me on the weekends. Oh, cool. Where I didn't have to. So, I was here for four years, took off to Colorado, was in Grand Junction when I decided I wanted to do the on-air thing, went to Grand Junction, Colorado, was there for about three years, went from there to Colorado Springs, I was there for, um, um, you know, more than nine years. So total time, 13 years in Colorado, and I'm back in Utah. How does it feel KSL. to be back? It's amazing. I, I always told people it, it, things started getting better and better for me in Colorado Springs and more comfortable for me and my mm-hmm. family that I was like, you know what? Really, there's only a couple things that would take me a, away from this job, and at the top of that list was a job back at KSL. Oh, wow. I never knew if it would happen. I didn't know if there would be an opportunity or an opening again but it happened and when the opening came I applied they flew me out for an interview I met you guys when I flew out for that interview and when I All left.
3: turned down the job when you met us. Yeah after that was like Jeez. well Nate I, these I, mean, guys. Uh,
1: I don't know what's going on yeah. here but some of these guys you introduced me to. <laughs> no when I flew back to Colorado though I was on pins and needles for three weeks dead serious. I, wow. I Just because I was so anxious to hear an answer I thought things went really well so anyway not to bore people with this story too much but that's when I got the job back, I was more than thrilled. I was so excited.
3: That's really cool. Well, we uh, were excited when we found out because we were kind of on pins and needles. One because we were down to one full time anchor, right? Yeah, and two, no kidding. Like when you actually did come in, all jokes aside, like you actually had fit the vibe and like the yeah. personality of like our TV sports department. And we could tell it was going to be a good fit. So um, we are very excited to have you. And uh, it's been great working with you for, what, the last two weeks? Two or three three weeks
1: now. About three weeks, yeah. Nice.
3: Cool. But yeah, I mean, but you had some cool opportunities in Colorado Springs. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a smaller market. It's, mm-hmm. You said it's around ninetieth, but mm-hmm. it's right outside of Denver, so you had opportunities to cover the Broncos, Nuggets, right. from Atalanch. a sports
1: from a sports perspective. It plays a lot bigger than market size, sure. and for people that don't understand market size, that just ranks how many people are watching television uh-huh. in that in that area, and uh, you know, um, being that close to Denver, though, we were yeah broncos all the time uh that was a great experience we were kind of the home of broncos football for the right. southern southern colorado and uh that was an amazing experience for the last 9 years i i ex- my first one of my first assignments up there was uh just jason elam retiring okay oh, wow. and, and he he to me is a is a fringe Hall of Fame kicker uh-huh. uh, you know he was the kicker when the Broncos won their two Super Bowls before and, and so I am I go up to his retirement press conference I'm like oh this is kind of cool and then you go to training camps and and I experienced the Josh McDaniels era I experienced wow. him making a trade to draft Tim Tebow mm-hmm. I experienced Tebow mania in its fullest and it was wild and then suddenly he's gone and the next thing you know it's Manning mania yeah. it's totally I mean it, it, was a, it was an amazing uh, nine years of of covering a team that's for sure
3: yeah I mean, we weren't in the media when... I I can't imagine what it would be like to cover Tebow Mania, but... (laughs) That was ridiculous. um, We talked to Jeremiah and Matt all the time about covering Jimmer Mania, and they said it's the most insane thing... I bet. ...that they've ever covered in their entire lives, and I don't know you know, how Tebow Mania, mm-hmm. maybe we'll have to have that conversation. Yeah. How does <laughs> Tebow Mania te- compare to Jimmer Mania? Yeah. And we're just going to offend <laughs> and fans cons. everywhere, which is True. the point of everything that we do here at KSL, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, but, really yeah, I, I can't imagine over the last nine years how many cool different things that you've, I mean, you you ought to cover an avalanche and a Nuggets playoff run, mm-hmm. deep playoff run mm-hmm. um, for both teams this season. Uh, did you ever cover, I'm guessing you covered, like, Carmelo Anthony, one of the yeah. biggest NBA yes. stars, and... You got to go to yeah. cover a couple Super Bowls and yeah. Uh, one of my favorites no was kidding. the one against the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl forty eight, New York.
1: <laughs> that was that was a really cool experience. I'd never even been to New York City, uh, and suddenly I'm there for the, not only New York City but I was there for the Super Bowl. Um, didn't go well at all for the Broncos, but the experience was amazing. Two years later in in Santa Clara, in California, for Super Bowl fifty uh-huh. and Von Miller winning the MVP there. That was a, another phenomenal experience. Just really blessed to have those experiences. Um, one of my first assignments, you, you bring up the Carmelo area. One of my first assignments there, I'd only been there for a few weeks and I was covering the Nuggets in the playoffs against the Jazz. Yeah. And, uh, or I guess I'd been maybe more than a few weeks, but still, I'm, I, and this is back when local media could still shoot games on the baseline. And so I'm there with a camera cool. shooting the Jazz, my team growing up as a kid uh-huh. playing against the Nuggets in the playoffs. And, um, there's a company that takes a lot of still images called Getty Images. You see a lot of their pictures, different media outlets. All there's uh-huh. a picture, and I didn't even notice it until uh, a coworker of mine pointed it out to me. I'd seen the picture, but I didn't notice it. There's a picture of uh, Darren Williams guarding Ty Lawson at the top of the arc. You know, uh-huh. and Lawson's kind of backing him down, and in the background you see me sitting there with a camera on my <laughs> shoulder. Awesome. I'm like, no way! So. That's awesome. um, Anyway, so you're
3: famous, you're famous. <laughs> right? Yeah, uh,
1: but I mean, yeah, it was it was really cool. But at the same time, you know, coming here, I'm really excited to get to get back in touch with with my roots. As a kid, I grew up watching Sportsbeat, Craig Bowler, Jack, and Brad Steinke, and uh, you know Rod Zundel, and later on, you know Tom uh, Kirkland. But I mean, I grew up watching that show. For me, that was appointment television on the weekends. Oh, awesome. I Because I knew they would have my jazz highlights and I didn't have ESPN yet. So yeah. jazz and BYU and Utah and whoever else. But I knew that's where I was going to get it. And so growing up as a kid, every everywhere I've gone covering sports as a broadcaster, in my mind, I think of, okay, who's watching my show? Uh-huh. It's 10 and 12 year old Sam Farnsworth. And, and And his dad yeah. and brothers. Mm-hmm. Because that's... So I would try to appeal to me yeah. as a as a viewer, and I hope that that's the audience I'm appealing to. But I can't wait to get back in touch with Jazz BYU Utah, uh, you know Utah State RSL, all these teams here. I can't wait to get in touch and to get re- reacquainted with them, um, and then to report on them to to the audience that that I hope is a, as passionate about it as I was as a kid growing up.
2: That's really cool. Like your journey takes you full circle. Yeah, no You're kidding. You're now on the show that you love to watch. Right, um, but I mean man, a lot has changed. It since has. Been it's
3: been 13 years. Yes. Yeah. So what has been, uh, like, the biggest change that you've noticed, mm-hmm. like, as you're getting reacclimated to, like, the Utah sports market?
1: So um – Fans are still just as passionate about Utah Jazz basketball, mm-hmm. if not more so, which is great. So I don't think there's a lot of change there. There's obviously, in, in the 13 years since I've been gone, a lot of change in the organization and, and and the way they do things. But for the most part, Jazz basketball is Jazz basketball. And mm-hmm. and when they're in the playoffs like they were this last spring, I mean, it's crazy. And it's awesome. And it's electric. Utah is such a cool place when the Jazz are doing well. For sure. It is such a special uh, atmosphere. I love it. Um Obviously, there's been a huge change in dominance in college football in this Uh state. You know, back when I was here, even in 2006, the change had begun. uh, But it it was still very close football games. BYU and Utah, still very even uh, season-wise, you know, win-loss records. They were still on, you know, they're both in the Mountain West still. Mm -hmm. Um, um, You know, the year I'd left to Colorado was when John Beck Ended a four, I think it was a four-game losing streak to Utah by throwing the touchdown pass to Johnny Harlan in the uh-huh. in the end zone. So, oh, so, so, but the shift had sort of begun, right? right? Yeah, and and now, so for me, that's a, that's a major difference. Uh, growing up, BYU was so dominant in in their fan base, in their performance mm-hmm. level compared to Utah. I mean, Utah had a forty-five seat, thousand-seat stadium that they wouldn't even come close to selling out. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer kind of changed that, and since then, obviously. You know, uh Utah's packed every weekend. Yeah. Their their atmosphere, their their fan, their uh, student section, the MUS, was created when I was a student at the University of Utah and still they were having a hard time getting students to get yeah. out there. That has totally changed the atmosphere at U of U Football Games though now. That student section is electric. You, you they can't are even good. get tickets as a student no unless kidding. you're like
3: First priority, my wife was a student at the U um, while I was going to BYU, Mm -hmm. and we would get tickets for both – like the student ticket packs for both (laughs) BYU and Utah. And we basically, for like the first two years of our marriage, before I actually started working in the media, would bounce back and forth depending on who was home for the weekend. Anyway, it was – impossible to get a seat in that student section yeah. so it was like standing room only up on the top of the concourse leaning up against the fence watching utah games was like my experience for like my freshman and sophomore yeah. year of college
1: and so that's uh, for me that's that's uh, a big you know something i noticed even in colorado you can notice the change uh, another thing i noticed over the years is the how how rsl has been able to to get its roots firmly yeah. into the ground here. Because when I left, they were still a, a newer franchise, mm-hmm. only a couple mm-hmm. years, a year or two in, into the MLS. I was optimistic back then. I thought, and at the same time, you had the Utah Blaze. I don't know if you guys remember them. Yeah. they were the arena oh, football yeah. team coming in, right? Uh-huh. And I remember we had debates with, uh, you know, Dave Noriega was a sports producer back then. Now he's, you wow. know, on, on the radio on 1160. Mm-hmm. And, and Mike Grant, a former sports producer, myself and some of the other guys, we'd have debates with them about, um, which team would last longer, and, and me and Isaac Colasim would be like, no, it's going to be RSL. We tell you it's going to succeed, oh, wow, and they're like, it. and they're like, no, the Utah Blaze. And so for me, from afar, uh-huh. seeing seeing the direction of those two franchises is almost validating, right? <laughs> but uh, but to see not only the RSL but the MLS in general to see how it's starting to thrive in America uh, mm. for me is is fun to see too. So those are probably some of the biggest things I've noticed from afar from the last thirteen years. Um, But I still feel like I've got a lot to, I mean, we're about to have a seventh division one school in this state. I tell that to people in Colorado and they're just like, wait, what? Seven division one schools? I'm like, yeah. And I (laughs) I list them all off and they're like, okay, yeah, I've heard of that one, heard of that one. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Um, You know, because in Colorado, you only have four D1 schools, Air Force Academy, Colorado, Colorado State, and you have Northern Colorado. Well, I guess you have more than that. You have Denver, you have the University of Denver also, um, but they don't have football, um and, and you know that 's similar to here but they're they 're blown away that the mm-hmm. state of Utah has seven division one college programs, and that 's mm-hmm. you know that 's awesome you know yeah. that this state is growing in that direction so
3: yeah it's uh no it 's crazy that the m l s and r s l has outlasted three pro football franchises here that 's true, <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, Stallions, rest in peace. Yes.
1: So what, what am I missing? You got the Blaze and the Stallions.
3: There was the uh, Soaring, Flying, Screaming Eagles. Was Some, that indoor yeah, also? Like arena? Or uh, it something? was Arena, and the fans could actually, they had an app. And the fans oh, could they call, could the, call plays, the plays. And I remember reading about down, that. Yes, they basically That's a like cleared house yeah. with like the whole coaching staff because they weren't actually huge scandal. They weren't calling, <laughs> the the calling plays. The plays. fans <laughs> No out.
1: kidding, because it was always hail mary or something like and that. Right. So
3: it was like this huge disaster, and they're like blaming the losses on like the the fans that are calling the plays but then it turns out that they actually weren't and the coaches were awful and do uh, you really funny. need coaches if the pl- if the fans are calling plays i don't even know how the whole yeah, thing works i but don't know i just remember <clears heard throat> there was like a scandal about it and then the owner like i don't even know the owner just wasn't super organized with <laughs> that stuff like oh, dear. the media showed up to cover it and like They didn't have, like, a a media press briefing room. Right. And they didn't have, like, an area for, like, media to be seated or anything. It was... Yeah. Oh, (laughs) wow. Anyway. uh, Yeah. yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, I mean, growing up here in Utah, um, I'm much younger than basically everyone in the sports (laughs) department. Um, But, like, you know, all this happened... In my like kind of formative years of like Mm -hmm. junior high, high school, like Mm -hmm. all this change, and you think about like you said, BYU is like the dominant power, Mm -hmm. and they still have a huge draw. Yeah. And there are so many BYU fans Mm -hmm. here, there's so many passionate, but or that are so passionate, but it's been so long 2010 since the last time BYU was ranked, and I think last time they had a 10 1 season um, was when they finished 10 10 3 in 2010, and then. Uh, I don't think they've been to the NCAA tournament since 2014. Right. That sounds right to me. Well, but...
1: And and the fall, I don't want to call it a fall, but it, to me it seems like it. The fall of Utah basketball is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. University of Utah, that's happened over the last 13 years as well, in my opinion. I know they've made some NCAA appearances here and there, but it used to be a lock that they were not right, only yeah. going to go to the tournament, they were going to at least go to the second or third round. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it's a little disappointing to see Um, a program that had such tradition. And and you could say the same thing about BYU football. It's a program that has such tradition to be struggling and to be where they're at right now. You just hope for both of those programs, at least I do, especially being in the media that covers them now, I hope for both of those programs to get back up, to win games, to to get some of that national uh, relevance again. Yeah, we care
3: just selfishly because we want to be able to travel for (laughs) games and (laughs) be able to like... Do cool stories and feature the players because they're going to be a draw, yeah. so that fans are actually satisfied with our coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Let me
2: ask you this: yeah. Did you see this coming when you were, you know, when you were leaving Utah to go to 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 move on? Did you see Utah State becoming a sports powerhouse?
1: Uh Not necessarily. Utah State had good basketball, uh-huh. and I, I mean, you know, Stu Morrill back when he was the head coach, they were yeah. they were almost a yearly lock at getting to the NCAA tournament. They were they were. Always getting close to the twenty win mark, which now isn't mm-hmm. you know now it's you got to push twenty five to thirty wins to really. But um, Utah State's um, in in football the the strides they've made in football is has been more surprising yeah. to me than than, than, the, it,
0: basketball. than the basketball
1: the basketball. So although the basketball side, I mean, this last year, uh-huh. you kidding me? They're talking about I, I've heard multiple people at, when you know in the Mountain West headquarters based in Colorado Springs. I heard multiple people that work with them saying, hey. That's the team to look out for this yeah. next year. They're going to be nationally ranked and all this, so it, that's exciting because it used to be a two-horse race in right. Utah. Uh-huh. Absolutely, and and as much as Utah State and I may upset Utah State fans, but this is the truth. As much as Utah State wanted to be relevant, I think Utah and BYU would always kind of look at you State say with a little smirk on their face, like, "Yeah, sure. <laughs> good try, they, little they brother." Definitely didn't get you know enough love, I mean? yeah, for sure. But nowadays, Utah State is be, is is getting to that same level as them. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and that's great. That's that's fantastic for the state to have that third team uh, rise up and, and maybe even be the best team, especially in basketball. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's definitely going to help. Let's talk a little bit about the re- people that are coming back. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of big names break recently.
3: Yeah, we actually have an announcement from one of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, this is via his Twitter, Yoli Childs. This is what he had to say on his return.
2: Cougar Nation, I want to let you guys know I'm coming back for my senior year. Let's make some magic happen. Absolutely. So Yoli Childs announced recently that he was coming back. Before that, um, Nemius Keta, the big from Utah mm-hmm. State, like we just were talking about, he's, mm-hmm. he's announcing he was coming back. And
3: then um, we had one more, right? Uh, Weber States, Jarek Harding, Jarek mm-hmm. Harding, and there was actually a fourth guy, Donnie Tillman. So, Tillman oh Utah. wow, yeah, Donnie Tillman for Utah, Pac sixth man of the year. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's there's big implications for each of these guys coming back. I don't know what Tillman's role is going to be, just because they have they're going to have some changes with their lineup with Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they're necessarily going to be competing uh, realistically for like a, a top spot in the conference. So. Um, while he's their best player, it's not going to have an an impact on the conference as a whole. These other three major, major, major pieces that for at least two of them, I didn't think that they were going to be coming back. No Jared Harding, he declared he tested the waters. Great player, but you know he he's raw. He's in a smaller conference. Mm-hmm. He needed to come back to school, and he has conference player of the year potential. Absolutely, um, he finished second in scoring in the in the Big Sky last year. Uh, led the league in scoring as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He's been first-time, excuse me, first-team All Big Sky multiple times. Um, he changes the dynamic of this Weber State team that loses two of its best players, Zach Braxton and Brakot Chapman. Um, but yeah, Jared Harding coming back and being that leading scorer is going to be a nice um, piece that they have.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I'm excited to see uh, a lot of these guys up close. I've been seeing my the extent of of Obviously, my uh, watching them over the past couple of years has been whatever's been on TV. You know, I did see Utah State when they were in Colorado Springs against mm-hmm. the Academy this last year. I didn't know who Nemius Keta was, right. e- even in that game, though. Um, but uh, I, I think these guys, uh, going, going through the list of these guys, I think every single one of them is making the absolute correct decision yes. Yes. Yeah, that's the most to come back. Thing. To their school, and and you can say what you want, you know. All oh, their, you know, I saw multiple reports or, or people saying that, uh, you know, a guy like Yoli Childs, he passed down multiple opportunities to go to Europe and a lot of money there. You know what though? If his goal is to go to the NBA, right. if Nemius Keta's goal is to go to the NBA, if if Harding's goal is to go to the NBA, if these guys want to get to the NBA, the best choice for them to get better. Go back to where you've grown and become good at. Don't try to go to Europe for a while. And I know there's great basketball in Europe, and there's players who come out of Europe, but how many players leave college to go to Europe and somehow cycle back through the NBA? It doesn't tend to work out that way. So I think every single one of these guys is making the absolute correct decision by going back to their school, the best place possible for them to grow in their basketball future.
3: Well, and each of them, um, mainly these three, Harding, Childs, and Keita, they... Each have an, uh, a chance to leave a lasting legacy, mm-hmm. a lasting impact on their schools by going out and competing for a conference title, going to uh, uh, making an NCAA tournament, and making some noise. I mean, Utah State is on the was on the cusp mm-hmm. of doing very big things this last year. They just ran into Washington and couldn't get it done. But, I mean, they're the favorites, like you said, to win the conference this year in the Mountain West. Hopefully they aren't hearing too much noise, don't get inflated and just keep mm-hmm. their heads down and go to work because that covering that run last year for the Mountain West tournament and um I actually had the chance to go out to the NCA tournament, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. I want to do that again. So Kata, like yeah. go out there and do your thing, yeah. man, and keep it's, growing and declare after this year and yeah. same thing with Yoli Childs, like with everyone that's leaving Gonzaga, um Dude, Tilly, yeah. WCC uh, Hachimura yes. and uh Brandon uh-huh. Clark there is a, a major opportunity for BYU to climb, and even though it was a disappointing season last year, I think that Mark Pope and his staff kind of brought energized this uh, this BYU um, team a little bit. And uh, I mean, they
2: they're bringing UVU's best player to, to BYU. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it's, Jake
3: Toolson's immediately man. available. Yeah. Um, Harward has applied for a hardship waiver, and you Who know, it, there's a good chance that. Um, they're going to find a way to get him get it done. So, they bring in UVU's best big, UVU's best player, who was the WAC Conference, conference Player of the Year mm-hmm. last year. You combine that with Yoli Childs, and then who's two time first team All WCC, TJ Hawes, who is probably the best returning guard in the league, and um, and then you have Gavin Baxter, who's just this freak athlete. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good starting five if they're able to get Harward in there that can compete with any team in in that Mm -hmm. WCC conference. So, um, yeah, I I think that, like you said, it's the absolute right decision for each of these guys, and they have a really good opportunity to leave a lasting mark and do something special that's going to honestly mean more for their legacy than going and playing in Europe. I mean, no offense to Eric Mika's decision. Right. And this is my last point. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I'm very long-winded. No offense to this decision that Eric Mika made. It was the right one for him. He felt like, and if as long as he doesn't have regrets, that's okay. Yeah. But BYU fans aren't talking about, you know, the memories that they have of Eric Mika dominating no. against yeah, teams. No. Um, they're constantly talking about what if, and yeah. that would have been Yoli's legacy. Is yep. What if? It,
1: definitely. Yeah. And I don't know when the last time was that, if ever, that the state has had four colleges in the NCAA tournament. I, I want to mm-hmm. say it's been possible before. Uh, with some of the runs Weber and Utah State have made before, but this could be a year, and I, I'm not be. I'm not making any sure. predictions, mm-hmm. but this could be a year that four institutions from this state are in the NCAA tournament.
2: That'd be really cool. Yeah, um, and yeah, like like you both said, you know, coming back to the place where you developed is definitely the best choice. I mean. Especially for Keita. I mean, he was, what, freshman of the year? Freshman of the year,
3: defensive player of the year, and first team all Mountain He's so
2: young. Like, think of what he can do. Yeah, and he's
3: he's so raw. Like, he really is so raw. And, like, just another year of getting coaching and um, being able to learn. I mean, Walt Perrin said it best after his Mm -hmm. um, jazz workout was, yeah, you know, I could see him being an NBA player, but kind of inferring that he wasn't quite ready. He's not ready he got good advice. I was really worried that he was going to stick to his guns and stay in sure. and be a guy that like gets taken in the second round with a non-guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. gets waived and then ends up playing in the D league and yep. you know, just wasting away his potential because he's not getting the same eyes as he would if he were to stay in college. Absolutely. Um
2: cool. Let's let's let
3: me t- ask you another
2: a different question. We'll sure. shift gears a little bit. Sure. Um I just wanted to ask you about like how well were you able to keep up with the jazz while you were in Colorado
1: so when I was in Grand Junction uh pretty regularly because Grand Junction was still I guess in the considered in the, in the region for jazz basketball so on oh, so on I didn't know that. on uh, it used to be called root sports right before it was a t and t sports whatever okay the Root Sports channel in, in Grand Junction, I'd still get the Jazz games. Oh, cool. And, and then I'd get Altitude TV with the Nuggets games. So, I, that Grand Junction, I'd get them both. But I would watch almost every Jazz game. And that was back when, um, um, you know, Darren Williams and Carlos yeah. Boozer and they were able to get to the Western Conference finals. And, mm-hmm. and then it was the season after that that I moved to Colorado Springs. And I remember that March when I was in Colorado Springs flipping the channel to what I thought was going to be the jazz game, and seeing my Dish Network pop up a, a, a message on the screen saying, you are not in this region, and oh, this yeah. is not allowed. So the extent of my following the jazz was just box scores, stats, the occasional story yeah. I'd read, and, um, and when they were on national television, I could watch them. So you've
3: never heard of Reddit. <laughs> well, come on, man. I mean... So, sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah. That's how I watch my jazz games. Yeah. I'm a, a chord cutter. Um, and uh, since no one from the FCC is going to be listening to this, <laughs> we're not going to get fined. Yeah. Yeah. I, Uh-oh. I Reddit is your <laughs> best friend when it
2: comes to that. But, Sam, like, so the two best jazz players yeah. at one time were with the Nuggets, right? How much yes. is that on the well, radar yeah. of the people there?
1: So, by with the Nuggets, um, so this is the way it works, right? And, and you guys know this. NBA draft trades, first of all, it's yeah. messed up how the NBA does it. They should just <laughs> let them wear the hat of the team that they're really <laughs> going yeah. go yeah. to go yeah. to. Right? Yeah,
3: no, I completely because, agree with Because that. in
1: the situation with both Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, when they were drafted by mm-hmm. the quote-unquote Nuggets, uh-huh. they were really being drafted by the Jazz in the agreement of the trade, and that's who the right, Jazz right. wanted, right? However. Because they did walk up on stage and put a Nuggets hat on, Uh I let all my buddies and and everyone... (laughs) And the thing is, is in Colorado, I had a weekly uh, segment with the local sports radio station as well. They all know I'm a Utah Jazz guy. Oh, interesting. I covered the Nuggets fairly, and and I was very pro Nuggets when they were doing well. But they know I'm a Utah Jazz guy. I made it very clear. (laughs) And so whenever anything happened with Gobert or with Donovan Mitchell... uh, oh yeah I'd rub it in a little bit I'd be like oh yeah yeah the nuggets oh yeah you guys yeah. blew that didn't you and, <laughs> and whenever I tweeted anything out I'd retweet highlights I'd see Jeremiah's oh, highlight funny. reel or, or highlight reel that you guys would post or, mm-hmm. or that the jazz would post of Mitchell or Gobert or anything I'd retweet it with the comment hashtag thanks nuggets every <laughs> single time and I will still do that to this day thanks nuggets so, fun fact um, Sam's
3: actually banned from the Pepsi Center yeah
1: yeah, they won't let me in anymore no but that was uh, yeah I i love to kind of rub it in that even though even though the reality is it was a jazz decision from the beginning i love to rub it in that yeah the nuggets you guys really blew that didn't you yeah they could have had defensive
2: player of the year um well so when when you aren't watching sports or basketball or whatever what are you watching or what do you
1: it's a good question uh baseball was my thing forever growing up um I I used to be able to, and it's it's a lot harder now because this is my career covering sports. I don't and being a dad with kids now, it's a lot harder to just sit down at home and watch whatever game is on. Sure, um, but I used to be able to just sit down and watch whatever baseball game was on. I didn't care. I loved it. Uh, so the first time I covered opening day at Coors Field with the Rockies back in 2010, oh my gosh, <laughs> that for me was like a kid in a candy store oh, being out awesome. there on the field. I'm just like oh my goodness, this is Major League <laughs> Baseball. I'm on a field yeah. with Major League Baseball players. And even though I'd been in the industry long enough to not to not let that show on my face inside, I was just going nuts. <laughs> that's awesome. So awesome. baseball has always been a, a big deal for me. Um, still love it. I've After several years of covering the Rockies, I guess that's the team I'm most acquainted with and probably tend to side with most yeah. at, at this point. Um, uh, I I grew an affinity for the Avalanche as well, especially when they're winning games. Uh yeah. hockey is just such a blast. Um But uh yeah, for the it, most part, if I'm picking and choosing what I'm watching, it's it's my teams back home in Utah. Gotcha. I, whenever I could I'd watch them.
2: So That's cool. Yeah. Um You probably don't have much time. You're always working and stuff, but what yeah. was the last movie you saw?
1: The theaters. Uh, Can uh, you remember? Yes, uh, because on my day off on Tuesday, we went to a movie with the kids. <laughs> oh. Uh, because kid they're me. they're tired of us looking at, yeah, mo- almost all the movies I watch nowadays are, are rated G or PG. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we went and saw How to Train Your Dragon 3. Okay. So that's my most recent one. It was good. Was it I good? like it. I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've seen the first two. So this I haven't. Is, it's pretty haven't? good. No, I haven't. None my son's
3: them? only six months old. No, huh? uh, that's true.
1: That's they're true. they're they're pretty good flicks, uh, and this third one was was pretty good. And and for the sentimental types, uh, you know, my wife uh, mm-hmm. she she liked it because it does get a little. Uh, Don't I lie, guess you more cried s- too. Yeah, no.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sam's crying in <laughs> How to Train a Dragon Food.
1: No, yeah, but my she she liked she liked how it ended, and so yeah, it's uh, that's that's the most I'm trying to think of because I know I saw another one. See, didn't you go see a movie the,
3: like when? Uh, or were you saying that you went to a movie like the first night that you were here?
1: Yes, I did. And I'm trying to remember. I went with my... Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was out here without a family. My family was still oh, in Colorado. Right. They're getting ready uh, over Yeah. There. My yeah. best friend in, in Orem was like, dude, Tuesday nights, we do the discount movies, come down. Yeah. Except he was taking his teenage son uh, and nephew... To the movie. So the movie they went to was the Pokemon one. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. I was actually, and I don't know anything about Pokemon. Okay, you know, I know you missed that era. Yeah, right? yeah. That was okay. a little. That was a little after my time. The Pokemon Go uh, the uh craze that mm-hmm. went on. I I didn't download the game, but I had friends who did, and so I kind of understood what was okay. going on there a little bit, um, because that game. And maybe the game originates from catching Pokemon. Maybe that originates from the series as well. I don't know. But but it tied into this movie. And I found the movie highly entertaining. Oh, cool. Uh, I re- actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny at moments. Um, And it's uh, uh Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is, is yeah. the voice yeah. of Deadpool. Pikachu. And so I I... Yeah, so... I have seen a couple of more recent movies, but the Pokemon one, yeah, I gave it two thumbs up. I thought it was entertaining. Oh, cool, because I like
2: the Pokemon movie too, but probably for different reasons than you. Probably because you probably understand it it a little better. Um,
3: But but, you haven't seen it yet, dude. I haven't been to a movie. Well, okay, that just see. I saw the new Avengers movie, and I've been trying to see find time to go see John Wick three for like weeks, and I just haven't. Um, But what I was going to say is, you'll notice that KSL is like a Pokemon pokestop for like oh, so Go, so people would just and wander so on through saturdays you oh, know, see man. people wander through, <laughs> through not the through triad our building, but like through the plaza on the yeah, triad center yeah. and like him and i make faces at these yeah, people because we right. can see them from our edit <laughs> bay it's
2: like it's like masses of like 20 30 no people no kidding, yeah, they're like big huge. groups
3: that go out and like sometimes they'll ride like those little like lime-ass scooters that are around but yeah, yeah we noticed like people yeah. we had an intern kirk um, who <laughs> let's be honest played pokemon while he was here (laughs) yeah (laughs) he admitted as much right at one point to us he was like curtly. he was like uh, you guys might have thought that i was just playing pokemon the whole time and he but i was actually paying attention he did pay attention yeah credit to him he put together this fire donovan mitchell he's great like highlight reel for his rookie year um in fact kurt is going to be joining the podcast eventually eventually uh big thunder big thunder we'll tease so right there for you. Not to take away from Sam, but <laughs> Big Thunder no. is our biggest guest that we will have. Right. Nice, um, literally, um, yeah, awesome. literally and figuratively. But yeah, so you'll notice that like people playing Pokemon yeah. Go will like walk through and um, crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny. But
2: but anyways, yeah, you probably didn't like get all the references. No, of Pokemon but, in the movie. But, but,
1: but so, and I was a little nervous about that. But I'm like, whatever. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I just yeah, moved back to it's Utah. Cool. It's been a while since I've had time like this with them. And so I went and i was entertained and i'm like i'm glad that i could be entertained by a movie without having to know all the references yeah. and so i really enjoyed it it was good
2: do you think your kids will enjoy it how old are your kids
1: so my oldest is almost 9 okay. she'd probably like it i would i would imagine so her her my two daughters uh they're nine almost 9 and 7 so i think they would probably like it um again because you probably don't really have to sure. know Probably yeah, so, they're
2: cartoony little figures yeah. that are pretty cute, so they they'll probably like it. How so many think, how many boys and girls do you have in
1: your So family? I have four kids. I have two girls. Uh they're they're the older ones as mentioned. My boys are 4 and 2. Okay. And uh so those are that's it. That's that's our four. That's our little tribe and uh um pretty awesome. Uh it's it's been and all of them are Colorado kids. All of them are Colorado Springs babies. Okay. And so uh, when I left Colorado Springs, you know, there's little sentimental things that tug at your heart when you leave somewhere you've been for so long. Mm-hmm. For me, that was one of them. I'm like, you know, this is where my kids, this yeah. is where my family grew. Yeah. This is, so this is always, that was always going to be a little part of home for me, but it's always going to be their home. But yeah, so they were excited to come to Utah too, that's though. That's cool.
2: So the youngest are four and two. Four and two. That's, boys. So Total my, boys. That's cool. Cause like my son, he's four. He's my oldest. Oh, yeah. he's going to be four in j- July. And then my daughter, she'll be two Yeah, summer also. Perfect. And, uh. This is a, that's an interesting age. Yeah. Right right there. Um, your your son, Zach, is only Six and a half months. Not even a year yet? Wow. No. I feel like you've had him forever. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's- um, Yeah. It you feels have a lot like to, it's been forever. There's a lot to look forward to. <laughs> no, I to. love him.
3: I'm just- uh, Yeah. Uh, my wife and I work opposite shifts, uh-huh. and so um, I don't know. I'm going to give credit, a lot of credit to like, stay home moms because oh, yeah, I no do not kidding. know- yeah how they do it because yep. I'm only with my son for like seven hours a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ish. And I don't know how like people are like able to like get like how stay at mom, stay at home moms it's, get everything yeah. done, like no the cleaning kidding. and everything. Cause like by the time, like I wake up we play for a little bit, I feed him put him down for a nap. Like I'm already beat. Yeah. You know? And then he wakes up, we play more, I feed him again. Then my wife gets home from work. We basically like trade off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to give credit to Sarah. Well, the last the and- last
1: 6 years my wife um was also the head women's golf coach for the University of Colorado Colorado oh my Springs. Gosh. And so um you know, she would travel a lot with her yeah. teams in the fall and in the in the spring and I would do the best I could to organize my schedule where I could be home and take days yeah. off when she was travel and holy cow, those those 3 to 5 days that she'd be gone and I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the challenge. I embraced it. I loved the extra time with my kids and the yeah. interactions and the new experiences. But at the same time, wow. Yeah. When she came home, I was like, thank you for coming back home to yeah. us. Because, <laughs> yeah, women, uh, mothers, they're they're amazing. They they can do a lot of things that, holy cow. See, I'm
3: complaining about one kid. You have four. You yeah. have two. That's yeah. wild. Um, so I think what we need is to ask... Sam, with all his experience, all the years of experience, sage that he has, wisdom, sage wisdom, <laughs> yes, for some dad advice. So dad advice. Basically, what it's going to be is uh, nice. we want to know like what crazy things that like your kids have done in the last little bit. It's not necessarily even oh advice. Gosh. It's just a catching. I'm, I'm going to get some. I'm
2: going to need some advice in a little bit. So you, yeah, you go ahead. And-
3: but so you're currently house hunting. And yeah. you're living in your parents' basement right now, mm-hmm. what's that like? Being going from like a whole home to basically being cramped in a basement with your four kids. Yeah, I mean it's
1: not it's not too bad. But again, I'm saying this because I'm gone. Because <laughs> you're here, yeah, right? right, right now. I'm at work a lot, <laughs> um, and uh, and lately, like you mentioned, we're house hunting. So um, we'll take a couple of them with us, or we'll leave them all behind, or whatever. But I'll tell you, here's a challenge with the kids when you're going house hunting. Because it's like, especially with my younger kids, it's like, look, you have got to just stay right next to me. Don't go running around. Don't touch anything. Don't Don't break anything. This is someone else's house. And then we go into a house that's empty, it's vacant. The family's already moved. And they're like, "Oh, playground!" (laughs) (laughs) And they are just boom, 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 all over the place. I'm like, "No, what's going (laughs) on?" There's something about like empty houses,
3: though. When you're going around looking, that like. Yeah, it really is like a playground. Like even as an adult, I get excited like walking to empty houses, running without, like, up furniture and down and stuff stairs, like, that, it's, like all yeah. this Getting free out space, of
1: closets. It's uh, what is going on? Crazy. Anyway, so that's the most recent challenge with uh, with the whole dad venture that's going on. Yeah. But uh, I still wouldn't have it so, any other way.
2: Let me ask you. I need some dad advice. Right okay,
1: now. let's do it. So hashtag I'm happy that,
2: hashtag dad vice <laughs> uh, So you have a four year old son? Yes. I have a four-year-old son. Yeah, how do you keep him from peeing all over the place? <laughs> he'll be—I mean, not in the house. Obviously, he goes to the bathroom. But like when he was—he plays soccer right now. Yeah. And like he's one from, time, he stopped right. playing soccer because he yeah. had to pee. Yeah. And we saw what he was about to do, <laughs> and that's because when he's outside playing in our backyard, he'll just you know pee on whatever, pee on a yeah. tree, pee on a yeah. rock, whatever. Right. Do your boys do that too, or so, is that just mine? Is he crazy? No.
1: My my older one didn't really do that, but my younger one does all the time. Okay. And so, I, 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 as you're telling me that story, my thought is, and as a parent, it's different. Obviously, when it's your own kid, my thought is, get the phone out, laugh, and record it. Maybe it's blackmail sure. I don't know. Oh, for but, later. <laughs> <laughs> I, but still, I'll tell you what. My my two year old, all the time. Even just like yesterday, you know we're. Looking at a house or something. He's like, um, I need to pee. I'm going to pee on the tire, okay? Because when we're on road trips, we need right. to just pee, on, pee the on the tire real quick. Yep. So, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm just going to pee in the sidewalk. I'm like, we can't pee on the sidewalk. This is someone's house. Yeah. This is not even our There's neighborhood. There's people walking around. And even if I have you pee on the tire, I don't know if we can do that. This is not on the side. This is in a neighborhood. Yeah. Let's find somewhere else. But, you know, he, he does it all the time. And he'll come up to us and be like, Dad, I'm like, what? I peed on the patio. He's all excited about it. I'm like, oh, my God. All right, whatever. Just tell him that he can get
3: a stye in his eye from it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's what my dad used to tell me. He'd get mad. Yeah. So um, my dad used to get mad because we had, growing up, we had, like, this vinyl fence. And in the corner of, like, our backyard, we had this this shed that my dad built, like a big brick shed. Uh And so we would, me and my younger brother, would go and sneak behind the shed and then pee on the fence oh, when we were outside yeah. playing. Of course. We're like, of course, like yeah. it's way easier to walk in than like shimmy our way through this like <laughs> right. vinyl fence that's like seriously like eight inches wide from the brick and like scraping ourselves up, but we thought it was hilarious to go and pee <laughs> on the fence. And so um yeah, we we would do that all the time. And finally, um I got like a little infection in my eye. It was a stye, and my mom I think it was my mom, goes have you been peeing outside? And I was like, <laughs> How did you know? And she was like, well, when you pee outside, you get a sty in your eye. Oh, and I totally man. believe that for oh, the that's longest hilarious. time. And my dad would like tell me the same thing. And apparently it's like an old old wives' tale that hmm. if you do that. My kid then, would just be like,
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. cool. Let's see. I have another eye. Yeah, I,
2: I think uh, – so you, what, your advice for my son peeing, like how to stop it, is either record it okay. with my phone yeah. or – Wait till he gets an infection. Yeah. Like, that's because you pee. The, yeah.
1: the genuine advice I would get is, and, and I try, to, my wife doesn't care as much, and I, if she hears this, and I, she probably does, but <laughs> she probably doesn't care that much when he pees in the backyard. Right. So my true. thought is, if I can get him to not pee in our own yard, then when we're out in public, maybe he'll understand he hmm. won't either. So, is it harder to okay.
3: train a dog or a four-year-old? Not pee outside like or oh, like where to properly man.
1: pee. See, that's what we're doing. So that's why when he pees outside, because we're trying to keep him keep his pants dry. Right. We're going through that process. <laughs> so if he pees and keeps his pants dry, I've got to be happy about right. it. Yeah. It's like, well, oh true. yeah, you
3: get chocolate. Right, Here you go. Right. Good job. Yeah.
1: Try to do it on the toilet next time. <laughs> yeah, I
2: would say maybe kids are harder then, if that's the case. Because like
1: my pediatrician would always say, "Are they going to do it when they're senior in high school? You know, whatever yeah. it was." Yeah. The, yeah, it's yeah. Like. Is he going to crawl into bed with you when he's a senior in high school? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. So I was like, all right, whatever. You're that's not answering true. my question. <laughs> yeah. I guess I shouldn't worry as much. Uh, By my, the
3: way, do you guys think pediatricians give good or bad advice?
1: Mostly good. My dad was yeah. a pediatrician. Okay. That's why.
2: Well, my, I think
3: mine does because
2: one of the best things he ever said was um, Hendrix, my, my oldest son, mm-hmm. he was starting to walk pretty early and we were like, oh no, like our house is not ready for him to be walking. And. We don't want to chase him down all that stuff. And he's like, well, all you got to do is, like, if he starts getting up to walk, you just push him over. <laughs> and I was like – I laughed. And he, like, was like, I'm serious. You just push him over and then they won't, won't learn to walk. I'm oh, not kidding. Like, yeah. And he's like, when they're ready, they'll learn to walk. But if you don't want them to walk, you just push them over. When they start <laughs> yeah. to- uh,
3: no, our pediatrician gave us the best advice when we first became parents. Like, when we went for the first appointment, he goes, all you guys need to worry about is that your baby gets sleep. And is fed and yeah. has a changed diaper. It's true. Everything else, That's it. you know, you might worry about it, but honestly, it's fine. Yeah. If you do yeah. those three things, your baby will be okay. Yeah. And that was like the best advice we got because Google was our <laughs> best friend for like the first <laughs> yeah, month that no. our son was born. Because I had never been around like little kids because uh, my, my youngest brother, uh, well, my only brother, my youngest sibling was, I was six when he was born. So I don't remember that mm. at all. Mm-hmm. And I... We were the youngest uh, cousins in the family, so I was never around babies. And so I was freaking out. I had no idea, like, what was going on. I was asking Hema. I I was probably driving Hema nuts all the time. I was, like, (laughs) asking questions like, dude, like, when your kids were, like, a month old, like, do you remember this? And I can't even remember stuff that I was asking because, like, at that point, you just don't even remember anymore. And Hema was patient enough to just feel like yeah. Eh, yeah i'm sure it's normal and he's probably just like i have no idea what <laughs> like
2: sound good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's true though like kids they grow differently like my daughter took for, like didn't walk as fast as my son you know yeah but she's like talking right before he did and so i don't know
1: this is can't whatever. really compare yeah my oldest was leaps and bounds ahead of like she was walking at nine months she was Talking in short sentences by the time she was a year old, which is wow. just crazy. Wow! And and we knew she was ahead of the curve with that. But even when our second was born, eighteen months later, yeah, kind of held the same standard a little bit. Well, yeah. must be genetics. Must be good. <laughs> yeah, hey, she's. And <laughs> i so, was such
2: a smart father.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when she's not talking at at you know a year and a half, I'm just like. Uh, what's wrong? And the yeah. doctor's like, nothing. Yeah, she's normal. She's We're like, fine. oh, okay. So yeah, comparing kids and their and their progress is, it's yeah. It, yeah it so matter. when number two comes along someday, Zach, don't worry if if yeah they're not living up they're, to that yeah, bar, very, the standard the
3: expectations that my son has set. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's quite uh, if quite if impressive as them. a child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or if they're
2: exceeding them because like yeah. you might have a girl next, and like I did, and. You find out that, like, while you're while my son was a baby, I'm like, Oh, is my son crazy or is he just <laughs> like you know, fearless or whatever? No, he's crazy because my daughter's like the quietest, most calm thing ever, and uh, just confirms that.
1: So, girls potty train faster than boys. That's what I heard. I'm excited. That's for my that. experience, too. So,
3: yeah, I'm already looking forward to that. There I, you go. I hate
1: dirty diapers oh like, really with a passion.
3: my oh. least favorite thing like i was actually talking Buckle to one of down. my friends from college i was talking to one of my friends from college about like she was like um would you rather have like a, a poopy diaper like get spit up on i'm like spit up like 10 times out of 10 like <laughs> i hate poopy diapers like uh. they they're my least favorite thing and she's like oh if i got spit up on like Oh. I couldn't leave the house. Oh, that's like she'd true. have to get. She's like I'd go wash off and stuff like that. Like for me, I'm just like whatever. It's spit up. Like yeah, that's I've been not even bad. I've been
1: dressed in my suit, ready to walk out the door to work uh-huh. with my with my first child <laughs> holding her, and then having to text my uh, sports director at the time saying, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to be about thirty minutes late. Yeah, I just got threw up all over, and yeah. I need to change my <laughs> clothes and everything." The
3: worst is when so. that happens at church. Um, for some reason, my son doesn't spit up any other day of the week except for on Sundays. And then when I'm like (laughs) holding him in, uh, like second hour, he'll spit up like all down my pants that I just got dry cleaned. Yeah. I've learned. Send the bill to his mom. I've
1: learned, (laughs) and I learned this from a friend of mine in Colorado. I have one church suit. That's it. Because that suit's going to get thrown up on. It's going to get dirty fingers wiped on and so that's the other ones are for work that one is for church i had a
3: friend who leaned over to me and was like don't wear white shirts anymore and uh (laughs) just get yourself like a cheap pair of pants that you can wear yeah don't wear a suit anymore yeah all right thank you
2: yep you'll you'll figure that out once you get sharded on
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's happened to me yeah that has happened to me as well it happens eventually Um,
2: awesome but yeah lots to look forward (laughs) to uh Sam, thank you for joining us today. This is great dad this advice. Is fun. This is a Hashtag good 50-minute 50 podcast. <laughs> 51 minutes. Oh, good. Yeah, perfect, so. Perfect length. Um, yes, it was. <laughs> but, uh, Quite happy. Yeah, it was great. Um, but, yeah, thank you for coming on the pod. It was great. Yeah, we'll have to have you anytime. again. um A little later on when the sports happen again.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to definitely be seeking your sage advice for more dad advice and uh what's going on with sports because dad advice. you were uh, <laughs> yeah. we we're gonna use we're gonna use that drop for the next Sorry. dad dad vice, dad vice. <laughs> so uh yeah let's uh let's wrap this bad boy up play some music and uh send everyone home for the night yay
2: but uh yep yeah, thank you for listening to sports beat after hours i am hema hey jr he is zachary higgin
3: good night everybody